Welcome to Ripstop on the Record, a podcast where fabric enthusiasts and DIY gurus discuss all things make your own gear, with the occasional poor attempt at comedy to keep it interesting. I'm Kyle Baker, the owner and founder of Ripstop by the Roll, and we're excited to have you listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Ripstop on the Record. This is episode 50. That's right, the episode 50, the one with the Community Maker Challenge. We have a huge crew with us today, including all of us in studio. Uh, hey, Avery, welcome to the Content Cottage. Hi, it's good to be in person. All right, Carter, in the media manner. Uh, it's uh, it's a mobile mini construction trailer, but hello. Isaac, welcome to uh, Content Lake Casa. Uh, I was going to say prison trailer, but... Hey, look what we've going? done with this place. This looks amazing. There are bars on the windows. Yeah, for our safety. Okay. Uh, and we have two remote guests. Logan, welcome. Hello. And we got Matt from Redpaw. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me back. Let's get into these projects. Matt, I'm pretty sure your last name is actually from Redpaw. That is correct, yeah. Yeah, I figured. Okay. Absolutely. Very good. <laughs> All right. So as everybody knows, uh, you should know by now, this is the culmination of the Community Maker Challenge. Today, we are setting some time to talk about all the winners. Uh, I think we ended up have, having like 14 project winners in all once we got down to all the uh, accolades and as well as honorable mentions and things like that. But first, I can't quite believe we made it to episode 50. We've been doing this for almost two years now. Uh, we obviously, obviously hope to get here, but as a small business, you never entirely know what you're going to end up with, especially uh, roughly two years down the road. So we have to thank people like Matt and Logan for constantly listening and dealing with the really bad episodes, but also always giving us feedback, keeping us honest and and keeping it interesting. So without the message from all of you of letting us know you like the episode, then Kyle probably would have shut us down by now. So we're pretty pumped to be here. So as we always so politely request, please, 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 please hit us up with a review. Give us some feedback on the podcast. It's extremely helpful to us, as Jameson mentioned. It's how we are able to do this. It's by getting feedback from you guys. And also, we want to know if we're doing something really badly so that we can not do it anymore. So please uh, subscribe where you can, download where you can. We appreciate you guys so much uh, for allowing us to, to do this and to get to episode 50. So thank you. Cool. All right. On to the main topic. Today, we are finally talking about all of the amazing projects that were submitted for our 2022 Community Maker Challenge. So this whole thing was put together as sort of a celebratory event to mark the 50th episode. Um, but really, we just wanted to harness the greatness of the MYOG community and see the creativity that you all had to offer. Since doing this and since hopping in the MYOG community, we've seen a lot of incredible projects. But thanks to Logan and Matt's ideas, we realized that there could be a lot more creative and funny and interesting solutions out there if we prompted a challenge. So that's where we came in. Uh, yeah, I mean, before we get too far into this i just wanted to say from from all of us thank you so much guys and, and gals and everybody out there for for submitting your projects taking the time to to make things and think about these problems and and solutions um it, it means a lot to us so thank you yeah and on that note we received 50 amazing projects i mean these projects they did not disappoint. Uh, I think we were all a little nervous that we wouldn't get any entries. <laughs> I was worried we were going to get like five. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, same. And the fact that we got 50 um, 
it's just amazing. It shows how powerful this community is. And yeah, I'm really excited to dive into some of these projects and get talking about the winners. Now, Matt and Logan, to understand fully what the makers have gone through, but also being creative makers themselves, have undergone the process of designing their own project for this competition as well. They're not going to win because, as you can see, they're judges, but they did want to fully be a part of this. All right. So at first, Matt, I want to hear what you made for the Community Maker Challenge. So this is my submission. Let's see if I can put it on over my headphones <laughs> here. So I made a sun visor. And uh, it looks real silly putting it on inside, but basically <laughs> I, I used two materials um, and I'll get into that in a second. But the, the main problem I wanted to solve was I'm always wearing a visor on hiking trips, backpacking trips, you name it. Normally it's this one, which is store-bought and made of cotton. It's kind of heavy. The brim is really short. So I was like, right. So how do I fix that and make it lightweight? Cause I make ultralight backpacking gear. So this visor weighs 0.6 ounces. It's made using the one ounce monolite, which is outdoor ink printed, um, burnt orange. Of course, I had to do some orange. And then this is the 1.6 ounce Hyper D PU4000, which I've used as a tent floor fabric. And it was just light enough. And I thought the color scheme went together. As you can see, it's a long brim, like super long in comparison to my other one. So I wanted more sun protection, but a lot lighter weight. I, I think this one is like... <clears throat> a quarter the weight of my other visor. So that's the problem I wanted to solve and the materials I used. And it's a really easy project. I mean, I, I made the pattern myself, um, but I adapted it based on my other visor. And it really, I can knock one of these out in 10 to 15 minutes. Like it's, it actually turned out to be pretty quick. So I recommend it for um, a nice home project and something you can wear around every day too. Now it's a little goofy because the visor is so big on mine, but you can of course alter that to be whatever size you want. Hey, uh, Matt, have you seen the Sandlot by any chance? I have. Okay, so the first time that I saw your submission, it reminded me of Smalls <laughs> and the hat that he wears for his uh, first practice with the crew. Um, and this this is what it reminds me of. <laughs> nice. I should go even longer just for the comedic value. <laughs> yeah. It's a little I mean, unwieldy. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's a bit. I mean, look, look at the shade I'm getting from my light here. It's pretty big. I think it's really useful, though, to have it be that long. I mean, it's not long enough where you're going to be, like, taking out somebody in front of you. But right. I do think that you get more shade that way. And also, like, uh, spider webs. You can it's knock right. those out before they get to you. Good. I'm See, serious. That can be annoying. Yeah. Yep. I so think it looks my awesome, My thought is though. this this plus a sun hoodie. I mean, I'm white as it gets, so that helps a lot in blocking yeah. the sun. So so I'll try this out next week on a backpacking trip and report back. Otherwise, I just use this for smoking cigars in the backyard. So hasn't really been that useful <laughs> till, uh, till next week. That's what I was going to say next. Your picture was one of the finest pictures that was submitted throughout the entire project. I was actually on Tinder, uh, Colorado, earlier, <laughs> yeah, and he I actually just, popped up. That's his profile picture on Tinder. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, I just took it yeah. straight from my uh, my dating profiles. And, uh, you know, ladies, if you like cigar smoke and visor wearing guys, you know, here in Boulder. So, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what is that called? Ultralightonly.com. Yep. I just have one question. Yep. Are you going to make one and send it to Andrew Skirka? Well, you know, what's funny is that literally Andrew Skirka, he posted a picture however many years ago from that that Yukon expedition that he did of him wearing a visor and his hair sticking straight up out of it literally years ago. And I saw that and I was like, 
Right. That's smart. That's really like, at least the ventilation is smart and it's kind of looks silly. Um, I posted a photo like that on, on my last trip uh, with my hair sticking straight up out of the visor and uh, it's a goofy look, but I like it. It looks awesome. You did really well, Matt. And so is right here. So maybe I should send him one. Fair enough. Logan, Wait, he's like under your desk. No, he's <laughs> a oh, I thought you were admitting to a crime. <laughs> and Skirk is right here. Stop, Andrew. Shh. Yeah. Logan, your burrito bike holder is partially what got this whole project started, right? It was a really early idea in terms of solving a specific problem, like something that was so simple that it felt silly, but it was so genius that you couldn't ignore it. Uh, tell us about the project, the new project that you made for the Community Maker Challenge. Absolutely. So the project that was my official submission was actually something I made for a friend of mine who's staying with me earlier this summer. She's been getting into car camping because um, she's been doing a lot more paragliding trips and things like that. And she wanted to make some bug screen covers. Uh, so I used mostly the uh, 1.0 uh, monolite from you guys that I happened to have a few yards of and have, wasn't sure what to do with. Um, and it was awesome. I really, really liked working with that fabric. It was easier to sew than I thought. Um, and she helped me with this, which was cool. So she got to learn to do some sewing and things. And I finished it up mostly just for time. But um, the hardest thing definitely was patterning because the doors are such like a unique shape. So like learning to sort of drape it over and get everything to fit just right. Um, there's definitely a lot of uh, small changes. I don't need probably can't see it from the photos I submitted because I tried to make it look good, but there are a few that have several changes and stitches, you know, at the corner or something. So this is definitely not my cleanest work by any means. Um, but in some ways that's why I was stoked to submit it because I feel like a lot of times on social media, you see all these perfect projects and I wanted to show that, you know, you can make something and my friend said these work great, but they're not the prettiest on every uh, inch of them. So, and then they have uh, Velcro uh, just to loop onto the door handle and then uh, around the uh, wing mirror in the front just to hold them on. And then I made a small strip of Cordura with some magnets in it to go across the bottom um, so that it doesn't blow up uh, just under the window in the front. That was my question because I've considered making a set of these and I always wondered how you made it stay to the door like that. So that was, that was wise. Where'd you get those magnets? Cause that's another thing I've thought about. I got them somewhere online, honestly, on <laughs> off the top of my head, I don't remember. Um, but I've just got like a couple piles of different types of magnets sitting around for, totally. for projects. Um, but sort of any standard like neodymium magnets that you want to get for uh, probably Amazon or things like that. There's a lot of sources. You just want to check sort of the right shape and size so you can do sort of like gotcha. a long bar or a circle. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, I would not have thought that the printed monolight on Matt's visor looked so good. So in the future... If I do something again, I definitely want to get some of that. It's awesome. I love that scene, monolight in different projects and different aspects. Yeah. It's really exciting. When I was looking at this, it did not seem like it was going to work at all. It's so translucent. And then it got two layers like right on top of each other. And you just see the print so good. This is not the last time that we'll see monolight today, fortunately. Yeah. It's a lot stronger and more durable than I expected as well for a breathable fabric. So I was a bit skeptical building that like granted i'm not putting any weight on this project but i think these will actually hold up and last for a really long time yeah it's definitely i mean compared to any sort of like no cm mesh or whatever monolite is incredibly durable yeah 
Yep. I'm happy that people have liked it as much as they have. When Kyle and I first brought it on board, I wasn't really sure how it was going to go. Because, I mean, originally it was like, it's a hammock fabric, but it also does so much other stuff. Yeah. Uh, it can be for pack pockets. It can be for, you know, visors or whatever. Um, but I'm really glad that it's turned out to be something as um, multifaceted as it is. I did not expect that at all. And he did a few other projects, Logan, that uh, were just more inspirational projects that I know you wanted to quickly talk about and share a photo just to keep the stoke going and inspire other people. Um, so, yeah, if you want to give us a quick rundown of this and then the the next project after that, I'll show the pictures. Absolutely. So one of the things with this uh, contest, because I'm partly responsible for convincing you guys to do it, I felt like I wanted to help. Uh, inspire people and make multiple projects. This is one that I had done before the contest, but I still wanted to share because it's one of my favorites, um, just to help get people thinking because you never know like what quite is gonna spark that idea of what you really wanna make. Um, so if you have never looked it up, um, I recommend Googling this, but in New York City, there is a rule that if you take a dog on the subway, it has to be in a bag of some kind. And they're actually like Instagrams and things dedicated to this because the range of creativity is pretty phenomenal. Um, but at one point I thought I was going to actually commute with my dog on the subway to work and they have dog backpacks, but they basically just carry the dog and the harness isn't very comfortable. So I needed a comfortable harness that I could wear for extended periods of time and carry a laptop and some other items as well as fitting Pixel better. Um, and so this is what I came up with. It's a uh, Mystery Ranch Urban Assault 24. So it has a separate laptop pocket that goes right against my back. Um, and then I basically reinforced it with a safety strap that goes in the front. So if the zipper comes open, she's not going to fall out. And then the mesh panel you see uh, is removable. So she can lay down in it. I can zip it up. I can clip it on so she can rest her back against it and she won't get tired. Um, but I can sort of adjust how upright um, it holds her, which is, uh, which is pretty nice. So seems to work pretty well. I've used it a few times and, uh, she's pretty happy with it. And it also is nice because there's nothing over her shoulders for fabric really. And so it doesn't restrict her arm movement. And in the other bag I had before her arms were at a super weird angle. And I was always concerned that that was going to bother her. So nice. Well, thanks for sharing that. There's nothing cuter than a dog in a backpack. Um, and then I know you have one more real quick that you made actually during the period of the challenge. And I, I think this is a really cool project. Yeah. So real quick, this was a project for a friend who wanted a case for her keyboard. So I've been wanting to do some uh, upcycling projects recently. There's a really cool brand out of Oregon, I believe called Sand is a Cult. Uh, and he has done a lot of tote bags and other things. And so I went to a local um, secondhand gear store here in Salt Lake and picked up a couple of jackets and other things. And this is actually made out of an old Burton snowboard jacket. So I just sort of cut up the back and then put the chest pocket on it. So you can have a little place to stick a mouse or something. Um, and then there's a magnet tape that sort of closes the top. So very simple, but, um, I'm pretty stoked on it. And I definitely want to do more of this type of project in the future. Awesome. I love the upcycling thing. I think that's definitely inspirational to use things that might have a hole in them or a busted zipper and instead of donating them or fixing finding a really creative way 
to reuse that, reduce, reuse, recycle. It's really dope. There's also I can't I can't remember the name now, but I think maybe it's Flavor Seal mm. on yep. Instagram. Yeah, he makes like hats and stuff out of like old Gore-Tex and like all kinds of stuff like that, and uh, it looks really cool too. So it kind of inspires me to want to do something like that because I definitely have uh, well. Somebody in my family definitely has like Gore-Tex jackets and stuff that I could steal and make stuff out of that they don't use anymore. Oh, sorry, I was going to say one of the things I learned on this project is working with existing materials can be a lot trickier than like materials you buy and cut. And so figuring out how to finish off the the seams of like the existing jacket where it had frayed or something like that. I was like, I know I don't own a serger or anything, but this is the first time I ever considered getting something like that. Um, so that you can have more options to work with it. So like Matt changing from one visor to another, we're going to use this as a segue to transition from the projects that you all did into the superlatives. Um, but I think you all get a really good idea. Matt and Logan, thank you so much for participating in this project, but also uh, very much setting the tone for what we're going to look forward to now. Now, for everyone listening... Uh, on the podcast, not watching the YouTube video. There is a blog that will be available where you can look at the pictures that will that we're showing here in the video, but also that um, the, these are the photos that the users sent in um, as they submitted their project. So if you want to look at pictures of whatever we're about to talk about, go look in the show notes or go to our blog on the website and check out the Community Maker Challenge uh, winner's blog post. You'll see pictures of all the things that we're talking about here soon. So without further ado, we're going to hop into it. Number one, the first superlative is the funniest overall. We came up with some clever definitions. We say we, I wrote these. So if there's a typo, then it's entirely my fault. So the definition for the funniest overall uh, was this. This project has exemplified the personality in MYOG culture by utilizing design as a mechanism of laughter and joy. The winning project for this one was a wacky inflatable tube man by Craig Bush. All right, Matt. This one was one of your top projects. You voted for it, I think twice, if not more. What about this project stood out to you? Well, I love this project. I, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Using an obscene amount of sil nylon, like ridiculous <laughs> amount. I don't know how tall this thing is, but you said 15 foot. This could be 30. I can't tell from the pictures yeah. in the video. It's giant. And the first thing I thought of is that Family Guy clip where the salesman is trying to sell you wacky inflatable arm flailing tube men at the wacky inflatable arm flailing tube man emporium at a steep discount. And my first thought is this guy nailed it. I mean, it's just so funny. Like, and you know what the funny part is? I didn't even really see the face and the teeth until like a couple yeah. seconds in. And I was like, 10 out of 10 chef's kiss. Like you nailed it. Like, so that became my favorite project. Maybe of all, maybe of all the submissions, this was my personal favorite. Yeah. He also wrote about, um, I can't remember what it was now. You might remember. I think he wrote this. He made this for his class. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I thought was so funny about this was he had the shortest submission. He wrote one sentence per answer, one. and it was, I wanted to bring joy to high school, his high school students. That's amazing. Right. I love that. He was just like, you know what? I'm going to go really hard on this project, make something absolutely enormous just to bring a smile to people's face. It's awesome. And, and this is probably just like a school spirit thing. Like this is probably like at a football game at the high school. And he's got like this giant magenta, like 20 something yard sill nylon, wacky inflatable arm flailing tube, man. I mean, come on, man. This is top one to me. Yeah. Cause he, he didn't, he didn't choose a green or like a dark olive. He went full on, 
bright pink all the way across tiny arms, huge body. And I mean, even the pictures and the video that he captured, it works. Like, it's not like, it's just like a limp noodle on the ground. This thing is tall and strong. So Craig, this one's for you. Remarkable work. Um, kicking it off, right. Funniest overall project, wacky inflatable tube, man. Thank you. All right, rolling on through number two. This was actually an added superlative. After we received all of the votes, we realized that we probably needed to give away a few more things than what we uh, what we planned on. If I'm totally honest, we didn't entirely expect to get 50 submissions. We certainly hoped and dreamed of that, but we didn't know what this was going to happen or who, who all was going to participate. So number two is best apparel. That's one that we added. We actually had several apparel applications and some really, really good ones. But this one goes to Francesca Hall with an ultralight rain jacket. Logan, you were uh, a big proponent of this rain jacket system. What stood out to you about this project? So one, uh, she's actually a Salt Lake uh, local here. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I've messaged her a few times. She's super nice and has done a ton of sewing since um, basically the pandemic started, got in, into making all of her own clothes, things like that. Super, super impressive. Um, and I love that she took a pattern and adapted it to her, made a few changes, like adding some, I think, monolite on the armpits to make it more breathable, and really just did a fantastic job of like designing and building it. All the photos she sent in, all the details are top notch. And then she also made one for her boyfriend, which is awesome, who is a very different size. So had to make both of those work. And then also submitted a bunch of photos of them using it on a hike. Uh, which I love. So not only did she make it, but she's actually using it. And um, yeah, I'm basically just very impressed and uh, happy to see people out there using their gear too. Yeah, for me, I thought uh, just the execution was really clean. I'll go back here to this image where she does show the inside, which I will refer to the episode where we initially talked about this challenge and one thing Matt was really pushing for was showing the inside of your project and what that looks like flipping it inside out not many people sent us their gear flipped inside out uh, this was one of the few but it just is so clean like if I saw this yep. I would have thought you know where did you buy that what brand at REI is that from mm -hmm. uh, I would never look at this and think like oh this this is homemade um yeah i just thought all of her details were super clean um rain jackets suck i feel like that might be an unpopular opinion um but this one looks great it looks super functional um really light and yeah i just thought it was on on point for an apparel item so 10 out of 10 yeah so i thought that was cool like she made one she made one for you know her partner and then they went out and used them and they Looked like they worked really well, so I love I love seeing that. Let me uh, shout her out on IG. Her her handle is made by underscore Francesca. She's an apparel master. She's great. Follow her stuff. She's making all mm -hmm. sorts of clothes. For number three, this award was the most creative solution. Defined uh, like this. This project grabbed hold of the freedom that makers have when facing a solution. Instead of conforming to standards, this project asked every question as if it was the first time being asked. The winning project was by Greg Murray, who made a Husky Floof insulated jacket. Logan, you have your Husky with you right now. <laughs> what stood out to you about this jacket? 
Uh, yep, so this is Cypher. He's excited to uh, share this uh, <laughs> award as well. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I love this because uh, I understand just how much hair they, they actually produce. And I had joked about doing this before um, and I have actually had their um, hair turned into yarn uh, by a woman on Etsy to make Christmas ornaments one time as a joke. Um, so it's very useful. Um, but one, the thing that stood out to me is this is like, I love that it's sort of like reusing something that you already have. Um, and it's just like super creative. I am actually really curious um, how warm it is um, and how it's working out for, for Greg. Um, so I'd love to get like an update uh, after some use. The other thing that stood out to me is I feel like there's a lot of outdoor focused clothing. Um, and even though this is a like insulated puff jacket, it's actually really, really nice looking. And I could see this as something you wear around like day to day on the street. Um, and that definitely impressed me of just like how nice it looks and all the details and the fit and the finish. Um, so yeah, I was just impressed by the, uh, the jacket itself. And also obviously I, I love my, my little guys. So I was uh, a little partial to this, this one, but yeah, nice job, Greg. Yeah. Nice job indeed, Greg. I, uh, I think the older I get, the more like stoked I get on things that can cross over from like the outdoor world to also just like nice looking things. I don't know why, but I just, and this jacket looks like something that you could easily, I wouldn't know. If, I don't know if I'd take it into the backcountry. I don't know the insulated value, but it looks like something you could easily take on a hike, but also where to look and look presentable in both areas. And I absolutely love that. But also I have a, she's a rescue. So I don't really know, but like it's a Husky golden retriever mix type dog that also sheds um, a metric crap ton. I mean, every time like we take the brush, it's like a bunny sized fluff pile. So I was really curious mm -hmm. to see how long, like, is this like two weeks of intentional brushing or did he collect fur for like three months? You know, like how much, like when, with down, you take like, you know, certain measurements, like how, how much fur do you need from a dog to insulate a jacket? Before you answer, I just want to say as someone who's heavily allergic to dog hair, this is the most frightening damn thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is so cute and so creative. But when you just described like harvesting the hair, I'm just over here like breaking out into hives. But anyways. I also have a question about this jacket. Uh, if it rains, is it like synthetic insulation? Is it going to dry out pretty fast? And also, will it smell like wet dog? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, he said he, he bleached it. So maybe. Oh. What's the fill power? Yeah, he said he cleaned and, and, and bleached it or something. So I imagine that he tried to account for that. But. I don't know. My guys do pretty well in the, in like the wet and the snow. So yeah. I, I would think that this, this might work, but yeah, I would love an update after some use and also shout out to Zuko. Who's the Husky in the corner who I'm, all the hair came from. So yes, good, good memory. So Greg, this one's for you. Well done. Uh, can I make a quick note? I could harvest this amount of dog down in like two weeks, like no I question know. from Red Paw. No <laughs> question. Y'all are going to be like selling your dog fur on the black market soon That's next. for like organic oh. and eco sourced down. I'm having trouble breathing just thinking about this. <laughs> All right. Coming in at number four is the Technical Perfection Award. This project focused on the fine craftsmanship that MYOGers pride themselves on, leaving no detail too small to showcase. So the winning project for the Technical Perfection Award was the Dog Pack by Max Slifka. Now, these pictures are crucial. Go hop on the blog soon. We'll do the best to 
uh, showcased it over video. But Isaac, this was one of your favorites. Tell us why you liked it. Yeah, so I, I mean, I just love camping and hiking with my dogs. My dogs currently don't do it as well because they are some ill-behaved little rugrats sometimes. Um, but yeah, I just I really appreciated, um, especially since he has a smaller dog. I don't think there are a ton of like great camping slash outdoor dog accessories out there available you know for smaller dogs so it looks good like his stitching looks great um i really liked his use of the slit clips to attach his uh like zpp-esque side bags to the harness and the accent work on those bags is pretty awesome i don't know if any if he cut that out like on a cricket or if he cut it out by hand but it looks really good so kudos, Matt, you were the first person to mention kind of like the technical perfection award. What about this pack really did it for you? I mean, he just nailed it. Max, you did a nice job, man. Um, when you, yeah, like, like Isaac said, when you start adding those little accents, like the mountain and sun on each side, that's pretty tough, uh, straight up, like just to get the cutting accurate, to get the stitching accurate. Um, that's a fancy technique. And, and the other part is sizing is so difficult. Like when I did the ripstop challenge with you guys for that last podcast, um, I made three or four different bags just to size my own dog that I had right in front of me the whole time. Like it would have, it, it is extremely difficult to get the sizing correct. So especially on the small scale, like on a tiny dog, you nailed it. That's hard to do. So kudos. And, um, the stitching looks clean and, and you have nice contrast stitching. Like it just looks good. You, you nailed it technically. There's also like a, a diversity in stitches here, Isaac, right? Like on that pack, there's not just one straight stitch. There's bar tacks and zigzags, and there's even like a different, like there's a spacer mesh. There's eco pack. Like what are some of your favorite features of this pack other than like the slick clips that you already mentioned? Uh, I mean, I really like the, uh, the coordinating accent colors. Like he's got some red stitching in there, red uh, webbing, the faux bar tacks. I, I don't know if you have a, you know, a, an industrial machine or a, um, at home machine, but the bar tacks look really, really good. Um, I know in on my machine at home, it, I, it's kind of difficult to get like clean bar tacks consistently. But yeah. Yeah. Max, this one's for you. Well done. I also noticed that you had the ROTR sticker on your sewing machine. Bonus points. And shout out for post, yeah, posting that. I've not yeah. seen too many of those around, so love, love to see that. Also, the modularity with the slit clips means that you can attach different stuff later. Or like, I don't know. I mean, you could get crazy with it. You could actually put the slit clips on the uh, flailing inflatable man and then attach those to the back of your dog. And then whenever your dog runs, it would have the inflatable man like blowing. <laughs> High IQ. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. I, I like that part of it. All right. Number five is most practical. This project exhibits a beauty and simplicity. Instead of using kitschy features and flashy options, this project stands out with lucidity. That's a word I actually learned when I wrote that definition. I just looked for synonyms of simplicity, and that was one of them. So <laughs> don't pretend like I use that word frequently. So the winning project for this one was Sue Holbrook's dog food bag. And if there's anything that has... Uh, Let's see. Stands out with lucidity. This is it because I made like 90 of these, but have forgotten one key feature. Isaac, what do you like about this project? Uh, so again, um, I love anything that has to do with dogs and camping. And every time that we take our dogs camping, their food ends up in a Lowe's five gallon bucket with like a screw top lid. 
um and that does not fit very well in my my like load plan you know for the the back of the truck it's just like a weird shape bro use a ziploc bag (laughs) anyway he's got big dogs yeah like i have to take a ton of dog food for a weekend and then i have to take like four different gallon size ziploc bags anyways yeah i just really like that you know the 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 bowl is also included so it's all right there you don't have to go around looking for the bowl it's just well done yeah i was also gonna say too um i've seen a lot of i wouldn't say a lot i've definitely seen people through hike with their dog and i know that carrying dog food um can be a pain I think this is really awesome for a lot of reasons, mainly because you're reducing single-use plastic. Uh, I hate washing out even my reusable <laughs> Ziploc, so this is really nice. And if you're thinking about, like, if you're overnight camping in the backcountry, you still have to hang your food, including your dog food. So this is, like, their own food bag that you could just clip to a beaner and raise up on a beer cable, which would make it really easy. <laughs> Avery, you have two dogs, so you experience this a lot. But, like, what is it about? I mean, this is just a roll top dry bag. Why do you think more people haven't just thought about adding a dog bowl pocket on the outside? It's so simple, but I've, like, I've never really seen it been done before either. Yeah, I'm not sure. I love the dog bowl pocket. My dog's bowls just end up in my own food yeah. bag. Um, but it's nice because they're just kind of like grimy and they're like slimy and yeah, they get all weird. But, uh, yeah, I, I love this. I would also love to see, uh, I think this, the durability is probably super nice on this based on the materials that they used, especially the bottom part. I'd also love to see like an ultralight version for people that do like long distance backpack, uh, with their dogs to make it a little lighter, but I think it's awesome. It's also something I've noticed when I've made my own cause I, I end up using like a DCF just because I know I can tape it and like the oils always seep through on a lot of other other fabrics. Um, so yeah, an ultralight version of this would be really cool. All right, Sue, congratulations. Thank you. Yay. Number six uh, is the best content. Um, this project stands out because of the inspirational, educational, and endearing content that surrounds the project. So we actually had a tie at this one. We couldn't break it and we're like, you know what? Why, why try to figure out who's the winner? Just just you choose both. They are both well-deserving. The first one was Lisa Cross's, quote, it's a load of crap bag. <laughs> this thing is awesome, and the pictures are incredible. Matt, as a dog lover, but also as a content uh, nerd yourself, you know, shout out the, the cigar picture. What do you like about Lisa Cross's project? Well, it's a smart design because you're always carrying those dog bags. And for me, it's like, that's part of the reason I designed the first fanny pack design for Red Paw was literally to carry dog bags and other dog like accessories. So you nail it. This is a great like specific use case for carrying your dog stuff. The other part is you like in the photos, you showed exactly how to use it. It's very easy. Anyone can look and say, Oh, right. That's how it opens. That's where the dog bags go. That's how I clip the hip belt. It's simple. It makes sense. So nice work on the content. Photos need to show, like a good photo show a few things. And some of those are like the moment, emotion, and the movement. And I feel like uh, 
what's her name? Lisa perfectly captured this. Like in each photo, you can see what's about to happen. Like you're watching a video, like as she peels open the top, you can see that um, kind of like magnetizing clothes. You can see the buckle with the reflective piece where that would fit in. Um, you can kind of see the whole thing. You start to picture how it works in your head. Uh, and that's why I voted for it for the best content, because you can pretty much see how this whole thing's going to work. They're well edited. They're well taken photos. Um, and that in itself wouldn't win you that. It had to be a good project. Oh yeah, by the way, it's also a great project on top of that. So and also, I thought the best part of the content was the video. The video, so yeah. She made a video. If you want to I don't know why seeing dogs poop on video is so funny. But for some reason it is. Something about them being hunched over. It's like it's a moment of shame. Uh, but like we mentioned, Lisa was only half of the winner for best content. The other person that won was James Pardo with the can holder. There's no segue, Matt. What do you love about it? You know, James, you look like the kind of guy I want to sit there and drink a beer with at right there in the parking lot of the slopes. Like, like I get that picture of you in front of the van, just like, right. Like, this guy's cool. He's got long hair. He's in these ridiculous glasses. And he's got a beer holder on his chest <laughs> right in my alley. So I, I like that. Like, I felt like I was there with him in the pictures, and it just made sense. Not to mention the project is cool, too. Like, you know, having something you can just attach to your, like, you know, a backpack strap or your chest or whatever and hold your beard and, and kind of insulate it and keep it in one spot. You got to keep your beer safe. You know, it's important that it's right there when you need it accessible. Yeah. So you nailed it, James. Not to mention he has a hardback, like basics of climbing from the seventies in his van. <laughs> cool guy. So I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, the project didn't seem overly novel to me. It's basically a bike feed bag. But the content is entirely what did it, and it's a solid project. Like it has the functionality to be there, like you said, a little insulate, uh, insulated, a little cool. It's funky colors. You, you said it right. We're like, I wanted to be in the picture. You're like, I would like to be partying with you at the edge of the slopes or at the edge of like a backcountry day with a fat tire or whatever it is we wanted. Like I just wanted to be in that photo too. Um, it's just funny. Like it made me laugh all in all. The van looks like a great time. First, I thought that was like one of those old knit headbands that he had on or like ear warmers. And uh, I thought that was also super rad. <laughs> the first thing I thought of was like a plate carrier that has the molly on the front and back and just strapping 24 beers <laughs> to your chest. Can you imagine just like tactical beers? Yeah, you're just like run. You're just like, you know, casually running an ultra marathon, but you're wearing a plate carrier and you just have beers on every single piece of molly. I, that was the first thing I thought of. And I thought that was awesome. You just need, instead of like a, instead of magazine holders, you just have a whole yes. series of uh, <laughs> yes. holders. That is beers. so funny. Yeah. Probably unsafe if you consume all of those. I'm not condoning that. Yeah. But the visual would be striking. Yes. Lisa and James, congratulations on best content. And thank you for submitting your projects. All right. On to number seven. This project was the best outdoor ink use. This project synthesizes the beauty and art of creativity, merging design as a, con as a construction technique and as a way to communicate color and print. The winning project was Small But Mighty, The Trifold Wallet by Carol Hall. Avery, this was one of your top projects. It's one of the ones that we talked about yesterday when we were looking at all the results. What'd you love about it? Um... I might just be partial to blue and green colors, <laughs> but no, I, I really loved the, the use of the outdoor ink here. I believe this is a prime one camo and I, I want to say it's the Mahi. Yes. Okay, cool. That's what it appears to be. 
Yeah, that one's super popular, but I just, I really like the color blocking that she did with the gray and the blue, and then also incorporating that pattern. Um, This is a really, like, psychedelic, fun, like, I don't even look at it and think, like, oh, camo, but I, I just really love it. I love the color blocking. I also thought her stitching was really good. Like, she's got really straight stitches. You can tell that she took her time and was patient with her project and it just shows through uh her photos that she sent in um but yeah yeah i one of the things i really liked about this project is i feel like a wallet is not necessarily a super exciting item um but she came up with a really nice design the colors and execution is really good and i think this is like really well thought out and it's a lot smaller and lighter than the standard like women's wallet with all the slots and things. So I know this is something she's going to end up using a lot. And uh, I just love seeing um, some items that you might not think about making. Um, but I think she she nailed this. It's a solid design, too. Like it's it's not. <clears throat> it's not anything ridiculously crazy, but they had to be really intentional about how this was laid out for sure. You know, it's not like a normal trifold. It's a kind of like a wide, like a, a, a wide design scale and like a full bill size kind of concept, which is just really cool. Uh, I feel like you don't normally see a lot of those, especially in ultralight version, like you said, Logan. It also looks like there's a strap to make it more of a wristlet, which is really nice. I'm not a purse person. I literally just carry around my tiny wallet on my keys like a giant child and <laughs> i i really like this i think you know the strap makes it secure so if you're like going out to the bar you know you're not gonna lose your wallet unless they take the hand with it <laughs> yeah um, that was dark uh, all right yeah then you got bigger problems <laughs> yeah just in case somebody chops off your hand at the bar like they always do honestly always I happens might be halloween you never know okay. uh carol Congratulations on being best outdoor ink use and thanks for submitting your project. All right. Number eight was judge's choice. We actually broke down there are honorable mentions where each judge will talk about their favorite. So we made judge's choice, just the single overall um, winning project. But this one was defined as this, uh, this project speaks to the judges in a way that doesn't fit into any one category, but needed to be acclaimed on its own. The winner was Tara Hagen's accordion bike bag, or what did Tara call it? She got it a bike truck bag, but I think we just coined it the accordion bag. Sorry we took over and named your project for but you, but it's, it's an accordion. It's funny because this has also been called the origami bag, um, the accordion bag, the, the bike truck bag, the cannoli bag. We all have come up with different names, which kind of probably gives you a glimpse into how cool it is designed. Um, but Carter Isaac, you guys are going to talk about this. Carter, yeah. what do you love about it? So firstly, uh, this is definitely one that you want to pull up the blog and check out or tune in because it's just so... Awesome. The reason why I think this was perfect for judges choice is that it actually like there is video, there's good content, there are good photos, there's uh, like creative solution, there's uh, like use of different colors and design. And uh, technically, it's also a very difficult thing to make based on how I look at how they've created this in general is just insane to me. It's honestly hard to tell how some of it is even put together. Like, I'm not sure that I could just take that and recreate it. So I just I just felt like um, Tara did a great job of like hitting all of the things. The only thing it's not is like really funny, I guess. But although if I was like riding my bike and I looked up and saw like the 
like an origami lantern looking thing in front of me. That's also kind of funny too. So I just thought this project was awesome because it had aspects of every single one of the superlatives in it. And yeah, it just, it's just really, really cool. So I think uh, Isaac, before you go, I think some of these are, you can kind of imagine what they are, but this is kind of different for people. Could you describe what this looks like? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, imagine a, a lantern, uh, like if you've ever been to like a lantern festival, like a lantern light festival, imagine that shape for me this is kind of like if you if you take a like one of those lanterns and think about it in the shape of like a peacock yeah, or, or like That's a slinky I, I kept coming back to and like the or yeah. just an actual accordion um, when you like yeah. pull it all the way out Open that is the actual shape That's yeah and, but then like it kind of it splits oh. in half and then each of the two sides fold down to create uh basically panniers on the back of her her bike um yeah, I was just going to say I really enjoyed this because it I think it just it kind of um, it shows like the the DIY maker spirit. Right. Like I can just imagine her, you know, like uh, in her workshop, sewing this up and then she needs some ribs for the for the bag. So she like, you know, pulls out some stainless steel uh, wire and like, you know, cuts it to length and like just incorporating all these different types of construction methods um, to to, I guess solidify or, or to realize this this vision that she has for this truck bag so i just thought it was a really cool way to solve her problem which was you know transporting things on her bike and making it in a way that looks like you know personifies her her character her personality carter one thing so i was sitting in your garage yesterday we were working on bikes and yeah. um one thing that you mentioned you were like oh it's really cool to be able to look at some of these projects that like you've never seen versions of before I feel like this one sticks out in that type of category where it's like, we've seen like James, we love your project, but like we've seen that type of thing before, but like this is not anything. Yeah. I think I'll get into more of that when we go over the best overall. Um, Cause I mean, although there's no right idea of what this challenge was about, cause obviously this came from yeah. multiple different ideas and like an amalgamation of all of us and our own DIY experiences. I did put a certain extra value on things that like, had I've never seen before. And like, I've just not, I think Isaac touched on it. It's like, this requires tons of different skills and tons of different thought processes. And like, it's not just like, it is solving a problem, but it's also like expression. And there's just a lot of cool, cool stuff about it that I like. So yeah, certainly I, I place personally place a lot of emphasis on seeing stuff that I've just never seen before. Cause I'm also someone that for the most part, I really like altering stuff. Like I'm yeah. not the most creative person ever. A lot of the stuff that I've made is based off of, you know, 10 different ultralight backpacks I've seen and then putting all of those different things together to create like the ultimate Franken pack. Right. Yeah. So I, I also have some envy when it comes to people that are able that have the artistry to, to make something like this. I think Matt, you said she used Tyvek. So she used Tyvek and then a few other things from Ripstop, like Cam Snaps, uh, Kitty Clips, Venom, Webbing, Thread, Needle, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the interesting thing to me was she used twin wall plastic sheets, galvanized steel wire, white duct tape, and then black silk screen ink. Mm. So she used a lot of, of other things uh, in this project to make it look wow. cool. Well, Super unique. Yeah. Um, Tara, thank you. Congratulations.
All right, number nine, the overall winner. This project stood out because it exemplifies what MYOG should be. It offers features that could win in every category, but has all of them, so the project stands on its own. The winning project of the overall winner of this here 2022 Community Maker Challenge was the Ice Cream Cooler by Logan Krauss. Woo! There's a lot to say about this. Carter, you're leading out, though. Why did Logan win overall? Yeah, so first thing I'll say is obviously... As a caveat, like the overall winner doesn't mean that everybody else's wasn't as good as this one. Um, this is certainly, and I touched on this in the last one that we talked about, Judge's Choice, is like, I think everybody has an idea of what this challenge was about. That's the subjectivity of the challenge itself is what makes it so cool, is that Avery might think about, oh, well, there's a problem that you need to solve. Uh, and like, this is how I think like the perfect MYOG experience should go. Uh, but this one in particular I thought was awesome because, again, kind of like um, the bike truck bag or whatever, is that it touched on all of the superlatives, uh, including, like, technicality and funny and just all that stuff together. I also think that it touched for me on exactly what I felt like I was looking for in this challenge, which was ultimately, like, what we decided on was we want like, it's as simple as this. You don't have to be good at sewing. You don't have to be uh, some sort of maestro. You don't have to have cigars to smoke in your backyard. <laughs> like what we, what we wanted to see was there's a problem and you're making a solution for it. And I felt like this, this project was one that I've never seen something like this before. The problem is funny, but there is a clear problem and a clear solution. Whereas like there are other tent, there are tents with bug nets, right? Yeah, it might be very difficult and like really impressive, like <laughs> deserves awesome stuff. But there there's like there's something to be said for like, OK, this is a very, very specific niche problem. And I am creating sure. a solution where there isn't one. Can you tell the listeners what Logan Krauss actually made? If I had one of these, you know how many more like of my wife's volleyball games I would go to? Because <laughs> the reason I don't go is because, you know, I just can't eat ice cream whenever I want. It would melt. But you here you need to eat ice cream on the go. Yeah you, yeah, you need it on the go. Oh, that's that's a good point, actually. Ice cream is very much like an at-home thing, and this makes it right. not that anymore. Yeah, well, like I said, it's kind of goofy. We're not, like, solving any sort of huge yeah. problem, uh, like, in terms of practicality, like, I don't know, dog dumps. Um, but I just think the way that he thought through every part of this, including, like, how it would be cooled, how it could be flipped inside out, and including a handle there, the storage spot for a spoon – like all of those things are extremely thoughtful. Uh, also, if you look up close, like he's also quilted most of it, mm -hmm. uh, which is incredibly difficult to get like even diamond quilting on that. Uh, so the te like technically the the stitching is very straight. It's very nice. It's just overall, I thought it was brilliant. So I want to mention uh, a real quick story. I'll make this fast of why I love this so much. But uh, in my past life, I was a hiking guide for. <laughs> REI and I would bring treats to surprise and delight people so I'd bring like a block of cheese for one day and Oreos for the next day and it's I'm buying it out of my own poor guiding money budget to, <laughs> to buy these people really fancy cheese to make them happy in the woods so I could get a better review and one time this lady was like well I went on another REI trip and it was in the Grand Canyon and those guides they brought down an entire gallon of ice cream for us on dry ice and I was like 
how can I even compete? <laughs> and then I went into a long spiel about beer country. So that's another another topic for another day. But when I saw this, I was like, I want to go find that lady so hard. And <laughs> take her back on a backpacking trip to prove her wrong with a pint of ice cream. So... I was into it. I don't know where you find tiny dry ice from. Maybe I'm just not. I think you just break a piece off and toss it in there. (laughs) Cool. No, I know. But yeah, I also giant ice cream enthusiast. I think I eat like at least a little ice cream every single night. So massive fan of this one. (laughs) Since this is the overall winner, I just wanted to hear a (laughs) quick blurb from all of you guys. I mean, I know that not everybody voted for the same thing, but I'm sure everyone can appreciate this. I just wanted to hear anybody else's thoughts on what they thought was uh, exemplary about it besides something we've mentioned or, you know, just wanted to give uh, Logan Krause the, the respect that he might deserve for his amazing project. So anybody else? I want to save a little bit for my honorable mention, but um, my mom was one of those moms that like kept little books of, you know, funny things that you said as a kid when you lost your first tooth and like all these dates. And one of the things that she did is every year at the beginning of school year, she'd ask like, what's your favorite food? And since I was like in third grade until the time that she stopped doing it, probably way too late knowing her, it was probably like in high school or something. It was like ice cream and pizza. So ice cream has been one of my favorite foods since I was like, whatever third grade is. I don't know. 24. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, for me, I don't know. Um, so since I was like under 10, I've loved ice cream. So that's what stuck out. I also love Ben and Jerry's. Um, and Hyper D300 was one of my favorite fabrics when I first started working here. And this is kind of like Hyper D300 Inception because there's like a diamond on top of the diamond grid. Mm-hmm. Isaac, what'd you like about it? <laughs> Honestly, the quilting like stood out to me first. Like that, that is just incredibly clean. I've tried doing quilting before and it's not fun. Like, and if you look at the bottom where the bottom part of the zipper is, he's even matched his lines right here, yeah. um, which is super, super impressive. I don't know if, if you're listening and you can't hear this, basically like matching a pattern or if you're making a shirt, having those stripes line up, he's matched it below the break of the zipper, um, which is very hard to do. So that is also super impressive. I'm pretty interested to know what he insulated it with. I imagine he insulated yeah. it with like Climashield or some kind of synthetic insulation, but who knows? Maybe there's uh there's Husky floof in there, you know, or some other kind of dog. You can only hope. <laughs> Matt, Logan, do you have anything to note about how awesome this project is? The quilting, man. The quilting that just, I mean, he just flexed on us with the quilting. Like that's, that really is a tough technique. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and, and it seems like he just thought out every single small detail that could be thought out about an on the go ice cream holder. Like he thought it out. Like this wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to do this 30 minutes before the deadline. This was like, I'm sure he planned this and yeah. Execution was marvelous. This man has been wanting to take ice cream with him on the road for a while. And he finally, he's had this idea for years. He's had like some messy car trips that almost ended in <laughs> yep. like him sleeping on the couch. It's like, dude, I can't do this anymore. I gotta, I gotta solve this. Yeah. No, I just echo. I think Carter really nailed it with his description. But coming up with a novel idea, getting the sizing right, figuring out all the little details, and then also executing it and making it look as nice and clean as this is is pretty difficult. So I think this was a an awesome project and I hope he actually uses it. Although probably not with dry ice (laughs) that can be a little uh, dangerous to use sometimes, but uh, 
it's uh no i mean i think actually like this concept would work too it's not just like a, a novel thing it probably would actually let you keep it cold longer so i would logan, buy one of these logan. i was about to say that logan <laughs> i'll split I'm it with being you 100 honest avery please do not cut this out <laughs> reach out to us i will pay you I will. I would love to contract you if you're willing. I know that not everybody is to make me one of these out of some custom fabrics. I will pay for all the fabric. I will pay you exorbitantly for your. <laughs> and if you know me, you know that I will. Five thousand dollars. I will pay you. I think this is awesome. I just wanted to say that. I would love to have one of these and get one like Same. for my wife. That would yeah. be awesome. So thank you. It'd be great for picnics, just like picnic in the oh, park. Yeah. Logan Kraus, congratulations, overall winner of the 2022 maker challenge so like we said we had a lot of amazing projects um, so we added a 10th category which is the honorable mentions these are projects that didn't fit into any one category but they were way too good to omit entirely so every judge six more prizes to give away because we can we organize this thing so we can give away how many prizes we want um, and you guys are awesome so avery what is your honorable mention I chose Keller with the big ass fanny pack. That is what they named it. Um, so I'm sorry for that, but it is what it is. Um, I just really love this mostly because it did hit a lot of the marks that we did ask for. The problem was shoulder pain and having a really large fanny pack that you could maybe set up your tent and go for a day hike um, around, I thought was really inspiring. Another thing that I also loved was it's just like fun on the outside and fun on the inside. I love how they binded their seams. Um, this little star fabric is just a joy. I mean, also it goes back to turning the project inside out, which is what Matt asked for. I personally haven't seen anyone bind seams with something other than grow green. That was as fun as this. And now I just, it should always be this fun. If you're binding the inside of the seams, why not use something really exciting. The project hit a lot of the points for solving shoulder pain, um, making something super epic, being creative, using lots of different materials. And that really inspired me. So thank you, Keller, for sending in your project. And I hope you take it on a lot of really epic adventures. Nice work, Keller. All right, Carter, what is your honorable mention? So kind of going back to what I was talking about and what I kind of felt like was part of the personification of this challenge was taking a really like solving a problem. Uh, and the more unique to me, the more unique and the more difficult to solve the problem, the cooler and more innovative the, the project is. So in this case, this is something that's not certainly not uh, sorry, Zephyr, uh, certainly not the most beautiful project compared to some of the stuff we've seen with like multicolors and origami and, and all this other stuff. But um, so this is an air cannon. Um, Zephyr actually designs and fabricates museum exhibits. And this is like an air cannon that visitors come in and touch. I don't know why, what it's for exactly. Um, but it uses 1.43 DCF. Um, and basically, uh, he, he designed this and it is, according to him, it is like one of the like most perfect uses for the material and nothing that you can buy or have fabricated is as good as what he's created using DCF. Uh, so yeah, I just thought it was awesome. I think it's super innovative to use material like that for something that, I mean, we think of DCF as this space age ultralight material that you're really only using to cut weight and use it in the backcountry. But this is a completely different use that utilizes like it's lack of air permeability, uh, and strength and lack of stretch to 
design something that works for museum exhibits, which I just think that's super cool. So that's why I chose it. For those of you listening, this is another great time to just earmark and go back to the blog. Uh, Zephyr sent us some videos so you can see how this air cannon works. Um, but for those of you listening, yeah, just imagine this big like bass drum sized piece that you can shoot air across. I don't know how far this, but across a fairly large looking room. And then you can see the air, um, the little bit of air that that Zephyr shot hit the fabric. That's, I have no idea how far that is across a warehouse size room. <laughs> so yeah, it's just basically blowing giant size smoke rings. Um, Think of uh, Gandalf and, <laughs> you know. Blowing smoke rings and the Lord of the Rings. All right. Congratulations, Zephyr. Thanks for sending us in. And uh, I, one thing I was really excited about this project is that it wasn't just outdoor gear either. Like this type of thing. We've seen a few like museum exhibit type things before, or like even like cr- like creatures created with stuff. Um, but this type of thing is really fascinating to see like how broad these, these uses can be. All right, Isaac, your honorable mention was also when I was on top of my list. I'm really glad you picked it. What was it? Uh, okay, so this is a submission from Jennifer, and it is a jacket slash quilt pair. Um, so first off, it's it's a really cool concept, uh, basically to like you know lighten her her base weight. She basically like combined her insulating outer layer and her sleeping bag. So the top half is a jacket um, that you know you a puffy jacket that you'd wear when it gets cold, right? Obviously. And then the bottom half is a sleeping bag. And she I think she said in her description, it comes about uh, up to her chest level. And she puts them both on to sleep. So that way she has uh, an insulating layer on the bottom and the top. Um, so that in itself is really cool. However, the part that really stuck out to me was in her description, she talked about how she recently moved to France and she wasn't able to take her sewing machine with her. So she sewed this entire thing by hand. Um, like all of her seams are French seams, all of the, the baffling, she like all of it she did by hand. And in my mind, I was just like, I, I don't understand how you had enough time to do <laughs> this. Like that would have taken so many hours to hand sew that entire thing. And then like it, it just looks incredibly clean. So um, yeah, hats off to you for, for hand sewing that entire project. It's really cool. It looks good. Like how, how do you do that? How do you make that look good hand sewn? I couldn't make that look good if I machine sewed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah, really, really impressive. Jennifer, thank you for submitting this and, and congratulations. And there's like, you can see like a, Sorry, I pointed. The <laughs> um, you can see like the the articulated um, yeah. foot, box. foot box at the bottom. Like, I just can't imagine doing this by hand. It's it's, it's baffling. Yeah. It sounds like punishment. It sounds like someone would be like, "All right, now you got a D in math, son. <laughs> go hand sew a quilt. Go hand sew a quilt. Come back in six years." <laughs> It is truly incredible. The other thing that stood out to me about this is in her submission. She said that in France, there are campsites where they bring you like chocolate croissants in the morning (laughs) when you wake up. And I was like, we are doing this wrong. Like we need to go there and go camping because that sounds lovely. Um, But yeah, I just, I thought this project overall was awesome and like super creative and very, very well executed. Logan, speaking of uh, things that were really well executed and really impressive, uh, your honorable mention. 
was Reed Hustafson. What do you make? Uh, yeah, so Reed made a tent. Um, it looks sort of like a, I'm not a tent expert, but it looks sort of like a two-person tent, um, kind of like sort of standard design um, when it has uh, like an entry on one side, it's got a floor and it has a sort of internal uh, bug net with a zipper um, and it uses hiking poles to uh, support it. Um, so one of the things that I really thought about a lot when we were talking about doing the community maker challenge is using this as a way to encourage people to try a project that they might seem might think is sort of like beyond their capability or just to get started because you might do one of the, you know, do it yourself kits um, that you guys have, but it's hard to take the step and do that next project. And Reed mentioned that he's a very new sewer. And for uh, almost anybody, this is kind of a daunting project just because of the size and the number of details and elements and getting, you know, uh, zippers that, you know, have curves and things like that. And not only did he do a really good job and it's really well thought out, but, you know, this is definitely a big project to tackle. So this kind of really embodied one of the things that I wanted to see is just like actually taking that leap and, and building uh, a project. And he did a great job. Yeah, remarkable project for someone that's like this is a really difficult thing to take on no matter who you are it's a huge huge project to take on absolutely i mean i've been afraid to make yeah. a tent still because of that so it takes quite a bit of uh chutzpah <laughs> to uh really jump off the off the diving board into the deep end as people who use cliches too much say your dad would be proud of you for using that word yeah from big project to little project matt what was your honorable mention tim at learn make your own gear my man, hats off or visors <laughs> off. You nailed it, brother. You nailed it. Uh, I've seen all the hats you've made. We, we've been messaging about this too, about like brim materials and using the monolite. And I mean, his hats just straight up look better than mine too. So mad respect to Tim. Like uh, he's gone crazy and made like six, seven hats, I, saw, I think. With I the saw monolite. that Instagram like, post the other day. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's an expert. If you look at the inside of his, it, it's a lot cleaner than mine. Um, so mad props to Tim. Uh, he's nailed it. I, I hope he offers that pattern to people in the future. Cause I mean, it's, it looks like a clean hat design. What's the orange fabric he's monolite on the yeah. side. And then what's the top and brim? Um, the brim, he told me he's using foam, um, like for the inside of the brim oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to make it stiff. Yeah. I didn't do that. I, I used interfacing, uh, which I just got a Joann's actually. Yeah. Um, I think he told me he's using foam. You might be right about the hyper D. It looks like Hyper D with the diamond. The other thing he's doing is that uh, mm -hmm. suplex nylon, which mm -hmm. is basically like what he was doing with the, the shorts pattern. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so he, he also made a couple mm -hmm. hats using that too. And that's a really nice fabric for it. It's really light and slightly water resistant while still being breathable. So that works great. I also, I'm a huge nerd for like any really creative hat closure. Um, I just like seeing kind of what's out there now. Not, no offense, Matt, not just like Velcro or like a, like a snapback, oh, yeah, but like different basic. like shot cord options and stuff. So I, I like seeing what he did there. Yeah, I just, I thought this was super clean. It looks really good. Uh, again, I, I do hope he releases the pattern because I now seeing this one and seeing Matt's project, I kind of want to make one because I've been hiking with a hat or just using a hat more in general because I am also very uh, sun adverse. <laughs> Um, but breathability is definitely a uh, a big thing, and this solves it way better than wearing like a trucker hat style or something like that. And 
the fit and everything looks really good for such a curved like yeah. pattern. Uh, when you look at the photos of him wearing it, it actually looks very smooth. And, you know, he, he's been making his own patterns and doing things for a while, but I, I still, this is a really nicely executed version. And I think it was cool that he did a hat that was more breathable. And then Matt also did a hat foot visor that was more breathable. So yeah, and definitely things that you'll get a lot of use out of. Oh, did I mention how cheap it is to make a visor or a hat, by the way? Like, no. This was more expensive because I had the outdoor ink fabric or whatever, but like you could just use scraps. Mm -hmm. I mean, like literally if you bought the stuff, sure, you're going to spend more money up front, but you can make 15 hats for a dollar a piece legitimately. The interfacing that I used or the foam mm -hmm. is very inexpensive. Um, you could literally just use cotton. You could use the monolite, whatever. I mean, it's a really cheap project. Mm -hmm super fun and very fast to do too like i said 15 to 30 minutes you could easily knock one out do you feel like the interfacing is stiff enough for the brim that was one of the things i was curious about that's kind of the reason i tried it actually was it's not stiff because on my yeah. store-bought one i just stitched my emblem onto it's a very stiff like baseball cap like mm. it's it's hard um and that was something i was like well is that something i really need so i went with this interfacing and it's not stiff but it holds its shape fairly well, so we'll see. I still have to kind of test it out more to see if that works or not. Well, I'm also convinced that Tim looks good in everything that he makes. Because, like, not every not every ultralight hat looks good. Some of them have, like, a really weird face. And everything he puts together, it actually looks decent in, too. It's impressive. Yep. <laughs> anyway, from a highly technical project to possibly the simplest project that was submitted for the entire competition. My honorable mention was the trekking pole shower caps by Pilar Schmidt. I think that this encapsulated what I imagined this competition could be, which if you picture trekking pole shower caps, so for this tent, you're a lot of tents, your trekking pole has got to be upside down, which means the cork handle or the foam handle is on the ground or depending on where you camp in the dirt or mud. I hate it when my trekking poles get gritty like on the foam or on the cork like i don't like that feeling maybe it's like a kind of a trail running thing where just it wears away at you a lot i don't i haven't done a lot of hiking with trekking poles more running but it bugs me like when there's just like sand and grit like embedded in the handle um but so so this was perfect for that but also this is just what i envisioned with the competition which was something like foolishly simple but kind of genius like too easy to actually make, but it, like did solve a very specific problem. Plus, I just think it's absolutely hilarious because when he zooms out and, and there's that picture of the whole tent, you can barely see the shower cap. And as Isaac pointed out yesterday, it looks like somebody kind of just rolled up some toilet paper and stuck it underneath, <laughs> which I do think is kind of funny. But I love these. I think uh, Pilar used some Tyvek and then some uh, pretty lightweight shot cord just to kind of feed it through. But something this simple, again, just epitomizes what this competition was all about for me. Just like just a perfect design for a very simple problem. Yeah. Um, so Pilar, congrats. Uh, also Tim from Learn MRG, congrats on, on your honorable mention as well. I was also going to say in some places, like uh, I have friends um, that have had like porcupines and other like random animals, like chew up the cork and the foam on Avery, their Have bowls. you ever had that happen before? Oh, we'll see. Here we go. <laughs> so I think if you made these like a little taller, it actually saw, that is actually a real problem that yeah. happens where you yeah. can protect that. Um, I also think that there's there's possibility my ultralight brain is like, huh, I wonder if if I added something to these, could they be a multi-use item? Like yeah. could these could these 
cover a pouch or something to cover my phone to keep rain from getting on it or something. I haven't actually thought of it yet. But I was almost picturing like uh, like a steak bag. Like once you use your steaks, you could then like if you just made yes. it a little bit bigger, that kind of deal. Oh yeah. What if they're boots? If you made it tall enough to go over the right. yeah the whole pole, then you could use it as a steak bag too. Yeah, I was trying to think of like okay, this could be really cool. It's super simple, but also although this might be the a goofier use. Yeah. If you already are carrying a steak bag and you just need to make it a little, you need to articulate the bottom a little bit, yeah. then you might as well carry it, right? I will say when I saw this, I laughed uncontrollably. <laughs> I know it wasn't meant to be a funny project, but I feel like if Ultralight Jerk got a hold of this, which they might, uh, it, it's like funny and ingenious and also like a little bit why, but also yeah. like a little bit yes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I obviously through hiked and my tent poles were like that for six months. And I guess I was less of a germaphobe because I was yeah. covered in dirt, but um, I, I never thought about that. Uh, it, is, <laughs> it is pretty ingenious. Um, and I would love to see people's reaction out in the wild of you setting up your tarp thing and then slipping on your shower caps and someone just walking by and being like, what are those? <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's a really funny and great project. So, yeah. Well, that concludes all of the awards that we have to give away today. So to all the honorable mentions, we'll uh, be sending you a little gift as well. Um, so thank you for submitting your projects, all the winners. Congratulations once again. Um, and, uh, we've said it a lot of times, but thank you. Seriously, we didn't exactly expect to get 50 great submissions like we did. Um, and it was really, really impressive. And it was, in a way, very heartwarming to see people really listen to the podcast and see some of these challenges, um, take it to heart, design something really interesting. It does mean a lot to us that people listen and really care about what we do. So thank you so much. Um, episode 50 here soon in a couple like two months, we're going to have our two year anniversary episode as well. Um, stay tuned for that. Um, but also just a reminder, go look at the blog for any pictures of these projects that you'd like to see. Finally, like, rate, subscribe, review, comment on any of the podcast stuff. Tell your friends, let us know what you think. Send us a message or an email and let us know. Matt and Logan, you guys are legends. Thanks for joining us today. Do you have, Logan, do you have any other things you want to mention before we sign off here or before we, we close this episode out? Mainly, I just want to thank everybody for their submissions and all their hard work because I really was um, like super impressed by a lot of the projects and really loved going through all the pictures and reading the entries. Like we're really, really good. I did not expect this many or this like level of detail, but just like the range and the, and the quality was awesome. So yeah, just big shout out to everybody who submitted. And I hope that looking at this, it will make people want to make more projects, but also other people who didn't enter, like, you know, kind of spark their, their ideas and uh, make other, other things too. Yeah. Thanks for the submissions guys. I mean, so much creativity, unique projects. I mean, just absolutely nailed it. Probably hear my nephew screaming in the background. <laughs> I we were wondering. Say, I thought it was Andrew yeah, Skirka yeah. from under the table. <laughs> No, my nephew Rourke is one this weekend, so he's screaming. Um, I just want to say thanks and uh, really appreciate all the effort. I mean, it's it's not easy to just, you know, say, hey, I'm going to design a brand new item from scratch to solve a problem. And so, yeah, we, we appreciate the support. And if you want to buy any of my custom UL gear, packs, fanny packs, whatever, check out my website or Instagram. And that's all. Thank yeah, you guys. Red Paw and Thermal Lift Workshop. Check out Logan and Matt. Um, we'll link those in the description as well. All right, everybody, that's it for episode 50. Thanks again, everybody. We will see you in two weeks.
make good gear, drink, drink good beer. Good beer.